When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fay, and I'm joined by Don Booth today. Hello, Rich. How are you? Yeah, I'm not so not not too bad. As, as good as can be, which is a which is all you can say in these circumstances. Of course, this is a, another one of our sort of coronavirus special podcasts as the pandemic continues. Uh, we don't have any current football to bring you, but that doesn't mean there won't be any football at all on the agenda. Just in terms of where we're up to today, obviously guidelines and stuff can all change very quickly. This has been recorded on the 7th of April, a Tuesday morning. Uh, at the moment, United have indefinitely postponed training at Carrington. They were supposed to return on April 10th, which would have been this Friday, but uh, and understand that the uh, plans to return to training have been scrapped in line with the government's advice for people to stay at home and of course last week the Premier League and the EFL were both indefinitely suspended so we don't have any current football to bring you of course the MEN will bring you any updates regarding when football might return and all your latest transfer news and stuff like that but today's podcast is a bit different we want to experiment a bit and Dom and I have been tasked with picking Manchester United's greatest ever Premier League 11 so that's the caveat it's players who have played for United in the Premier League, Premier League, and have had their best part of their career in the Premier League as well. So, you've got to also remember that Dom and I, we are quite youthful, we're quite young, quite trendy, some would say. Um, uh, we also but... need to bear in mind that Rich gave me ten minutes to uh, to scribble this down and come up with a team. Luckily, I've had it in my head for a good number of years, but Rich didn't give me a huge amount of notice. I've got to say. It was very short. I mean, the podcast I only told you you were doing two minutes before we were meant to get the phone call. So. It's been very haphazard. A test but, of our professionalism. Exactly. And it's that youthful energy again coming into coming into hand. But as I was going to say in terms of youth, I've got I mean, I've not I can't speak for you, Don. I don't know your team yet. We've not discussed our teams at all. We'll get onto them position by position shortly. But mine is very sort of centric to the players I watched myself growing up. So We'll have to have a look. At, I mean, I say that, but maybe maybe it's not when I look at some of the positions. But Mine is largely like that as well. I think I've omitted one definite name who a lot of people would have, but I've not got him because I don't really remember him playing for United. So we'll see who that is later. I, I already think I know who that is, and I think I've gone down the same path. But uh, okay. the tough, I mean, I was going to say it, it's not easy anyway, but the first name on the team sheet is really difficult. Because you've got goalkeeper, you've either got De Gea, Schmeichel, or Van der Sar. I've gone with Edwin Van der Sar. Four titles, longest ever run in the Premier League without conceding a goal. For me, Van der Sar tips it. I just think he was so instrumental to that United team. There was always that discussion of how would United ever replace Schmeichel, and I went through the years of they had Ricardo, Howard, Carroll, you know, there was just these players and Bartes as well, you know, the, the goalkeepers and you didn't feel safe with any of them. And then Van der Sar came in and immediately it felt like United finally had that structure at the back. But uh, who have you gone for, Don? 
See, this is where I've, bro- I've broken my rule straight away. Even though I do actually remember, I do actually remember Schmeichel uh, playing for United because the '99 season was was the first one that I, I can remember as a child. So I've gone for Schmeichel. Um, I just think that he is the benchmark to to which all other United goalkeepers and probably all Premier League goalkeepers are compared to. Was obviously captain of the uh, of the. By the team that beat Bayern Munich in the Champions League final '99 in his final game for the club, and instrumental, I think, to the way that Ferguson team developed and sort of an experienced head when a lot of the younger players were coming in because he was obviously a survivor of the of the earlier team with uh, with people like Mark Hughes and Paul Ince. So I'm I'm sticking on Schmeichel. Uh, we're going to have to have a debate now, aren't we, over which one of us gets our wish? Well, to be truth, to be truthful with you, I, I mean, what I'd have to say, especially on Schmeichel as well, you've got two factors going your way. First of all is the fact that Schmeichel is regarded as one of the greatest goalkeepers of all time. I don't think van der Sar and De Gea are brought into that conversation, maybe as, as regularly as Schmeichel is. Maybe that's nostalgia. He wasn't a ridiculously good goalkeeper. But I think the thing which tips it for you as well is Schmeichel wore some absolutely cracking goalkeeper jerseys. Oh, yes. And made some cracking eye-catching saves, the sort of starfish save that he almost invented uh, and has sort of passed into uh, you know, the goalkeeping box of tricks now. And, it, and also the way, the way that he sort of marshaled the defence. He was, he was the, goal, the goalkeeper who used to shout at his defence when he'd save a penalty, pushing his defenders away. He has sort of had that presence, which I don't feel like Van der Sar and De Gea have or had as much. Yeah, I guess Schmeichel, his leadership was more than either of them really had within the team, certainly that you you saw from the outside. I think we can agree. We'll have Schmeichel in goal. I think that's, that's as we're getting over this. That's the community spirit that everyone needs. We're helping each other out there. Um, I think defence will be a lot easier. Right back, there's only one option really, isn't there? Gary Neville for me. Gary Neville for me as well. I mean, the other ones were Antonio Valencia, no way. Raphael or Paul Parker, really. And yeah, I mean, but a shout out for Raphael, I think, was a really good option for a few years for United. And he was that sort of buccaneering right back that they were looking forward to replace uh, Neville. You got a little shout out for Wes Brown, who was the right back for the 2008 Champions League winning season when Neville was injured. But yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's Gary Neville, isn't it? Yeah, the other ones have just mentioned them for, for credit, really. And to be fair, it's just testament to Neville that it's such a such an easy battle. And you'd have to be very contrary not to pick Gary Neville, even if in the last year he did tail off and, like you said, the injuries sort of jeopardised those last couple of seasons. But the longevity of titles. Um, Roy Keane picked Paul Parker when he was asked to do this for that Keane and Vieira documentary purely because he didn't want to include any of Ferguson's closest acolytes. <laughs> so he left Skulls. Neville and Giggs all out of the team. Well, I can tell you that I've disagreed with Keane in a lot of areas, as we'll get <laughs> on to. Um, Centre-backs for you, I think we do these as a pair, really. That's how I've seen them anyway. Ferdinand Vidic for me. Yeah, I've gone Ferdinand Vidic as well. I can't really think of, of anyone who's going to challenge them unless you go Yapstam. But I think if you talk about a, a pair working together, they're gonna, if this team's going to play as one, that Ferdinand and Vinic are unrivaled and they probably actually surpass what Stam achieved because of they're both having a little bit more longevity at the club. 
Yeah, I guess, like you said, that's the, always an interesting thing when you think about these. Because when I, when you're asked to pick a best 11, I always feel a bit, because obviously we're doing this 4 4 2 formation-wise, but I always wonder, do, I, do they have to fit in the right positions? Surely I just pick the best 11 players and try to squeeze them in. But if this team was actually playing, you would want Vidic and Fernand that partnership. I've chosen them as well. I, I was thinking Steve Bruce. I mean, it's mainly, you know, like that game against Sheffield Wednesday, the two last-minute headers to give United you know, the title. But I think... Vidic Ferdinand, you know, it's just the fact they're still not. I mean, it's starting to look like United finally do have a defence, which is, is showing the sort of leadership criteria that Vidic and Ferdinand had. But it's just testament that to any any Premier League centre back partnership are compared to those two. And yeah, I don't think it's United's best. Not not. I mean, it is United's best defensive partnership, but I think it's probably the Premier League's best as well. Yeah, and that that's been the problem since their demise really for Nana Village that United have, have held all other uh, centre-backs next to them and obviously people like Phil Jones and Chris Smalling it's probably unfair on them to compare them to Nana Village and maybe United fans will hope that Harry Maguire perhaps is, is up to the task but yeah it's, they're certainly the like I said with Michael they're the benchmark Now this is interesting I think we could differ here left-back I've gone treble winner, seven-time league winner, Dennis Irwin. Oh, you see. Now, I've gone for Champions League winner. Um, how many times has Patrice ever won the league? But I've gone for Patrice ever anyway. Ever won five titles at Old Trafford. Yeah, I think this is a really close one. And I think it, you could probably ask 100 United fans and 50 would say ever and 50 would say Irwin. I know Irwin had the, had the sort of dependent... He was sort of Mr. Dependable under Sir Alex Ferguson, wasn't he? And Ever was probably a bit more of a flair left back. Yeah, I think consistency is Irwin was just so reliable. He was taking your set pieces. He was the model professional. I just feel like, you know, Ever was a superb player, but, you know, I've talked about my left. If I'm having a team, I want my left back to be reliable. I want him to be no nonsense. And I just feel that's, the, that's what Irwin's got ahead of Ever. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a really close one, so I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to defer. I, I was very close to picking Irwin as well, so I'm happy to defer to you on this one. Okay, that's one one win each. See, this is a this is blossoming, isn't it, into something quite beautiful. So we're looking through now. We've got Schmeichel and goal, Neville, Vidic, Fernand, and Irwin so far. That's a very solid defence. But now we need some excitement. Do you want to start on the wings or in central midfield? Oh, well, we going four four two. So should we start on the right yeah. wing? Right wing, I mean, this is the caveat because we might have played a player in a different position but it might be the same player. But for me, it was either Beckham or Ronaldo, right winger, and it was Cristiano Ronaldo for me quite easily. Yeah, I think when I, when I started to do, to do it, I wrote Beckham on the right wing. Uh, then I sort of realised that you have to play four four two if you want to get other people in the team uh, that I'd want to get in the team. And then Ronaldo didn't really play as a sort of out-and-out striker for United, although he's sort of since turned out to be one. He, he did play as a winger most of the time. So I'm happy to go with Ronaldo on the right wing. That's, that's who I actually ended up with, even if Beckham could probably be the most unlucky player to miss out, maybe, actually. Yeah, I've, I've had to make a little section below, which says notable mentions Beckham. Spoiler alert, he doesn't make the team for me because it's just Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, and again, it's the caveat. I mean, you're calling him the Ballon d'Or winner, you know, five times, but he only 
most of those came after he left United, but it's still what he achieved at United was just monumental, revolutionary. He was, and he still will be the benchmark. And he's a United legend. He's, I mean, this is another debate for another podcast, but he's one of the best two footballers of all time, for, for my opinion. And, you know, it's just, it's incredible to think just how, how much he, he changed from being that that young boy joined in 2003 and he left the best best player in the world at the time. Yeah, you need to recognise the fact that United made him what he was, really. And Ferguson took a player, took the raw materials, which were definitely there. He had all the ability in the world, but he didn't have the discipline. He didn't have the... He didn't maybe have the, the work ethic. Maybe that, that was something that got jumped into him by training alongside you know, the likes of Ferdinand, Giggs, Skulls, uh, United. Yes, I think... Ronaldo's close to being the complete footballer, isn't he? And United fans were, they absolutely adored him for the shortish time that they had him. Yeah, remember they won three back to back titles between 06 and 09, and Ronaldo scored 66 league goals. I mean, for a winger to be averaging 22 goals a season, that is remarkable. You think about United now, I mean, yes, Rashford's had his season cut short really sadly by injury, but United haven't really had the 20 goal season striker that you can rely on. For you to have a winger you can rely on for 20 goals a season is absolutely absurd. Yeah, and that that trio, Ronaldo, Rooney and Tevez, I don't know if we're going to talk about a couple of them later, but they the way they rotated and they sort of changed the game a little bit when teams were playing flat 4-4-2s a lot and then Ferguson sort of mixed in this 4-3-3-4-5-1, which proved to be uh, sort of... Well, it was... It was Innovative, and it, it got them to the Champions League uh, title in two thousand and eight, and then two more two more finals, albeit one with uh, Ronaldo gone. But yeah, that was that was definitely a, a tactical tweak, I think, designed for Ronaldo and designed to give him that freedom at United. Yeah, uh, do you want to be left wing or midfield? What do you want? Should we go across the midfield? I think we go across the midfield. So then inside, Paul Scholes for me. Both goals for me too. Absolutely no doubt about it. Probably the first name on this team sheet for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's any more you can say about Paul Scholes that, that's, that's been said. I mean, played all across midfield, criminally underlooked at international level, just consistent, big game player, just quality. I mean, the interesting thing is how other... Uh, players have perceived goals, you know, people like mm. Zidane, Xavi, Pirlo have named him as their inspiration as the player that they thought was was at the, the top of world football. But yet, maybe in our own country, it wasn't, he wasn't appreciated enough. And like you said, with England level, when he was played out on the left by Svenja and Eriksson, I just feel like if, it's such a cliche, but if goals had been Spanish, then what, what could he have achieved, you know? Yeah, I, I I mean, on Skulls, do you think that um, he's a player that, I mean, this is being devil's advocate here. Do you think he uh, gets more credit now that we're looking back on him at, at the time? Do you think he was considered as highly as, as he was? I think he gets deserved cre- credit in hindsight. And at the time, he didn't get enough. So I think it's probably balanced out that we now look at him with sort of rose-tinted spectacles. And at the time, United fans took their midfield for granted, didn't they? That, that midfield quartet, which we, we're going to talk about, no one's ever going to come close to that, really. And Skulls was a huge, huge part of it. And the, the amount of goals that he scored as well, probably in the the early noughties when United were maybe playing 4-4-1-1, Skulls was playing as a number 10 behind a striker like 
Ruvan Nistelrooy scored a heck of a lot of goals then. And yeah, got 14 in 0203. Yeah. which is just you know absurd really and it's another area which maybe he's not giving his credit for because he was he was delivering in a much higher attacking role and again for, for me in terms of skulls is the fact that lots of people see him just as this sort of deep line midfielder who spreads the ball but he played everywhere he played out wide he played in the number 10 you know he, you could play off the strike if he has to as like like Gerard and Torres used to do he, he was yeah just, that was latter day skulls when he was sitting deep and sort yeah. of like, orchestrating the play being that um quarterback if you like spraying long balls around but yeah he was he was everywhere before that you need a good spine to your midfield though so we've got Vidic and Ferdinand in the center of defense ahead of them we've got Skulls and surely we've got Roy Keane we've got Roy Keane and he's the captain of this side I would say yeah um, yeah he's got to be he's got to be he's just everything you epitomize a United captain he is just he's just He's exactly who you need in any situation. He's just impeccable with everything he did for the team. There's there's no real other options I can think of for central midfielders other than Skulls and Keane either. I mean, Carrick, you've got to give him some credit for what he did in his, his time at United, but Roy Keane and Paul Skulls are just an absolute category above anyone else. Yeah, definitely. And they complemented each other so nicely as well, didn't they, with Keane's sort of hard man act and his work work rate and his ability to win the ball, take a game by the scruff of the neck and then Skulls are playing the, the little technical touches and the passing range to just sort of feed the attackers ahead of them. Yeah, not only was he sort of a player who sort of quelled opposition and was a tough tackler, as you know, I mean, that's a hard midfield too you've got there. But, you know, another good sort of, he, he kept things more simple compared to Skulls Keane but he often got involved in attacking moves he was playing sort of simple passes and just getting things ticking over nicely and again it's why I chose Owen really it's that reliability and it's just being sensible on the ball calm composed you think about all the late goals all the drama of United it takes players like Roy Keane just to stay composed stay calm in, the, in those key moments play those simple passes and before you know it you've got your winning goal um, it's just as a shame he's such an outspoken pundit I think that's the that's the only Downside. I, I don't like his punditry personally. Just let Morrissey ruin the Smiths, you know. But latter day Morrissey, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what is it? Oh it's well. A comparison that. Well, maybe, maybe if I was writing ten years ago, my might have found their own Morrissey, but I don't think I'll do many pages now. Probably for the not, morning, though. We've got, we've got a lot of weeks ahead of us, but uh, keep it in the ideas tank. Keep it in the ideas tank. Now here we go. Left wing. I, I again. There's no. I mean, you think about other players here. I think this is the one position, maybe. I don't know, really. I think left mid, there is only one candidate. If you're going to play 4-4-2 and you've got a left winger, it has to be Ryan Giggs. And he's almost omnipresent throughout the whole United Premier League era other than the last few years. And his entire career, um, he was winning Premier League titles, 13 of them. So it's just unbelievable. Yeah, and I think particularly some audience, and this could sound rich thing, I mean, when I was boasting about how young we are, but I don't think people maybe realise or maybe recollect the younger audience just how world-class and exciting he was when he burst onto the scene. And I think the compliment that you could pay, play in that regard is the fact that two years ago, everyone was comparing Leroy Sane to a younger Ryan Giggs and saying they're exactly the same, the sort of their dribbling style, how they just like to take the ball forward. And obviously the goal against Arsenal has got to spring to mind in, in that aspect. But Ryan Giggs, in those early years of the Premier League, he was the most exciting young player. And the fact that he kept the longevity up for another decade and a half is absolutely ridiculous. He wasn't only winning trophies, but he was integral to most of those 
victories. You think even about the uh, title win when they beat Wigan on the final day of the season in the rain, Ryan Giggs there, leading by example. Just Yeah, that incredible. goal at West Ham, uh, latter-day yeah. Giggs when he cut in off the, the left and, and scored with his right. There's just so many moments. The pass to uh, Michael Owen in the derby. Uh, his pass to Makeda. Pass to Makeda, yeah. That, that what, is, that's what he brought to his game later on in his career, that passing ability when he moved inside. Uh, and you, you just think he brought... Um, it brought an attitude of uh, determination and a sort of strong will, willedness to a United team, which maybe was starting to fade a little bit in the the late twenty tens or early yeah early twenty tens. Sorry, you know what I mean? He just he just yeah. sort of kept the fly, flying high a little bit, and he he kept Ferguson's winning streak going as long as possible. And maybe without him, I don't think the squad was was that strong, even though it won the league a couple of times in. 2011 and 2013. Yeah, obviously when you look back, I mean, people joke and say that, you know, Ferguson got some average players to win Premier League titles, but it's down to people like Ryan Giggs that they were able to do that. And it's not only in the fact that he was playing well on the pitch, but it's what he offers in the dressing room. I think that's what we can say of all those players we've named so far, all 10 of them, is the fact that they're not only incredible footballers, but they're incredible leaders and just football people in terms of what they can offer to young players the experience that they have and the mentality you know we often say that you know how important mentality is in football it's something you can't see obviously so it's hard to judge but each one of those United players is a is a legend of the game and one of the best players ever in their position so many of them could be captain as well just you saying that I looked at my team and just I can see about five or six probably captain contenders in that side and that's why it's even more ridiculous to think most of them played together at one point as well. It's just absolutely absurd. What? Well, how lucky United fans had it, eh? Yeah. They're going to get much luckier now as well. We're going to go to the strike force. Should we go for... That's I, think. I think we've both gone for a controversial-ish one and a guaranteed legend. I think um, we have to have Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney, definitely, yeah. I mean... I still don't think he gets the credit he deserves. Um, I think when he does finally retire properly and he has a couple of years out from the game, people will look back and realise just how ridiculous Wayne Rooney is. Club record scorer. You know, he's, Wayne Rooney is incredible. The, the pressure he had on him when he signed from Everton, to even fulfil that is is absurd. But to go beyond it again is just absolutely ridiculous. So and for, for me, Wayne country, Rooney, Rooney was almost the, the only player in his generation who was making waves it wasn't a strong generation uh, for England and it was a time when United were maybe losing a few of the, the treble 99 team they were rebuilding uh, under Ferguson and Rooney was a very very important signing and he sort of took that side by the scruff of his neck really along with Ronaldo and I just think that we don't like you say maybe in a few years we'll look back at some of the the goals Rooney scored and just think how outrageous this kid was, especially the younger Rooney for me. He was just, he was just so exciting to watch. He was, you know, he's probably a whole generation's favourite footballer, wasn't he? Let's be honest. The, the way he would just take games on his own, score ridiculous volleys, overhead kicks. He was almost like a PlayStation footballer, wasn't he, at times? Yeah, and it's just that raw sort of excitement. It was just like a boy on the playground just trying the unbelievable and pulling it off most of the time he just played with such raw tenacity and just a love for the game it's an absolute joy to watch him and like you said you think of the goals I mean the debut against Fenerbahce I remember watching that in my kitchen and being like he's not going to be that good 
he's a teenage kid. Everyone's saying good. He's not going to be that good. He scores a hat trick. He scores the free kicks as well. Yeah, I was and there then, that night at Fenerbahce. It was absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. And then you've got the goals against Newcastle. You've got Middlesbrough. You've got chipped goals. You've got every type of goal conceivable. You've probably got the Premier League's greatest ever goal in there as well against Man City. But everything for the occasion and what he did, even if he did shin it, I mean, that's that's testament to the fact. Of all time. That, yeah, if you're going to miss hit a ball, that's the time to do it. And he pulled it off immaculately. And yeah, five league titles, you know, Champions League. And again, we touched upon it earlier. He played all across the front line and then he moved into midfield as well. You know, it's it's unbelievable that you've got someone who's world-class but also happy to play whatever for the team. And, and also, I'm thinking that with this team, um, if you like, you could play Giggs in a slightly more central role and then you could play Ronaldo and Rooney maybe sort of floating either side of uh, our number nine if you want to yeah. play a 4-3-3 rather than a 4-4-2. So there's a bit of versatility there. Exactly. I mean, you are a tactical team. Maybe you are the successor to Ferguson. We, we always needed. Who yeah. knows? I'm just aping his 2008 tactics, but you know. So now you touched upon there. You've got Ronaldo on the right. You've got Giggs, maybe even Rooney on the left, drifting wide. But you need a number nine. You need a focal point. There are a lot of candidates for this role. I have gone for, I think, the same one as you. Go on. I, I mean, let's go through some Notable nominees first. There was Solskjaer, Cole, York, Van Persie, Mark Hughes even. But just tipping, it was either Cantona or Van Nistelrooy. Yeah, that's the Cantona choice. Cantona or Van Nistelrooy. And for me, it was Rude Van Nistelrooy. It was Rude Van Nistelrooy for me as well, Rich. And I think I know why we've both gone for him, because it's because of our age and because yeah. of how we... The, the Premier League that we remember is probably early noughties Premier League, isn't it? When we when we were growing up and yeah. just the volume of goals that Van Nistelrooy would be scoring in those years and how important he was to United as that focal point is what sticks in our heads. And I think that's a lot of United United fans of a similar age would all go for Van Nistelrooy, I think, for that reason. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it was just so, I mean, I can't believe we're saying we're not, we're not picking Cantona here. But No, but I never it, saw Cantona in the flesh. So I find it difficult to pick him. I know how good he was, but I I didn't four really titles see him in five time. years. United hadn't won the league for twenty five years when they signed Cantona. You know he was the player who changed it all. Came back for a nine month ban was a catalyst again. He maybe without Cantona, we don't have any of those players that follow him. Yeah, maybe. But then do you maybe have to consider the ban and consider whether Cantona actually fits in this team because he wasn't an out and out number nine. So you. And I think we do need a number nine to play with Rooney and Ronaldo and Giggs, someone to just spearhead the side. And I think Van Nistelrooy is the perfect choice for that. And I think in a different United era, Van Nistelrooy would have won Champions League titles and more league titles. I think he, he was a bit unlucky to be in a team that was just transitioning a little bit. Yeah, I've got to agree with that as well. I think that, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it, when you get onto these sort of um, discussions? Because I know I've, I even haven't mentioned it before. I've mentioned all the league titles everyone's won, but it can't ultimately always be just down to trophies won. There's always going to be players who've won maybe more trophies than you, more decorated than you, who are just squad players. But it doesn't mean they're a better player than you. And personally, for me, growing up, it was Van Nistelrooy. That's a player you want to emulate in the garden. You know, he that is goal just, against Fulham when he just dribbled past everyone from the halfway line, yeah. and then. Slotted in a side foot finish that lives long in the memory for me. It was just the goals. It's probably, like you said, it probably is nostalgia. 
It probably is the kits. It probably is the ball. It probably is the teams that were in the Premier League. He was tearing apart. The but golden me, white reversible kit. That's, uh, that's that's the kit that comes to mind when I think of Anastroy. Is it my? I, when I think of Anastroy, it's just the 02 to 04 home kit. The yeah. with the black with the black uh, trim. Yeah, uh, good times. But I think that is eleven players. We disagreed to begin with. We disagreed. Oh yeah, we, we disagreed on two positions, didn't we? So. Here's the rundown. We will go to notable mentions in a second. Schmeichel in goal. Gary Neville, Vidic, Ferdinand, Irwin in defence. Cristiano Ronaldo, Paul Scholes, Roy Keane, Rang, Giggs in midfield. And up front, Wayne Rooney and Rude Van Nistelrooy. Notable mentions, you'd have to say Van der Sar, De Gea, Beckham, Cantona. I mean, up front, there's a lot of options, aren't there? That's the, that's the, the drawback. Stam is a notable mention. Yeah. And, I think and probably front, Bruce York, as well. York and Cole have got, to, have got to be mentioned as well as Cantona. I wouldn't go I feel, past those three as, as other mentions, maybe. Yeah, I get, possibly. Yeah, I think the fact that it's Premier League rules out Mark Hughes, who I think was better than Van Nistelrooy for what he did. But, you know, it's got to be Premier League. And like you said, York and Cole, you'd never pick one without the other. Same with Solskjaer and Sheringham. They've got superb moments. They were accumulative to the best strike force United ever had, but they weren't the best strikers. Is uh, is Nanny worth a mention as well? Because we we, there wasn't many choices in terms of wingers, but Nanny was, uh, for a well, short period, a really, really top player for United and probably underrated, actually. Yeah, I mean, again, you, you mentioned if Paul Scholes of, was Spanish, would he have achieved more? If Nanny wasn't Portuguese and being compared to Ronaldo every time he did anything, he yeah. might have been able to flourish even more, but uh, Nanny was superb. He, he had the longevity as well, Nani, which he doesn't often get the credit for. He scores spectacular goals. Superb, superb player. But and There's yeah. a lot of decent midfielders who maybe could have slightly achieved more, like Hargreaves if he'd stayed fit. Um, Darren Fletcher was a very, very solid player. Maybe even you think Anderson, if he'd stayed injury-free and fulfilled his potential at one was, stage, he was, uh, uh, world, well, potentially world-class. I was surprised you didn't put Fred in yours, Don, but uh, this time, yeah. <laughs> Do like maybe Maybe when we do this next week, he might have replaced someone else. Who knows? But yeah, Give I think that's years. it. Yeah, I think that is it. Uh, we've done our best 11. We know if you're listening, you probably won't agree with us. You'll probably swear in effing and jeffing. That's fine. I've got loads of tweets that are saying, just saying Cantona, Cantona, Cantona for, yeah. for a few weeks now. But that's fine. And, you know, that's what football's about. It's about the discussions. That's what it is. It's about memories. It's about your own personal sort of attachments to the squads you watch and the players you watch growing up. And the point is, there was a hell of a lot of talent. That's the best that we can choose for now. We'll have a think. Who knows? In a couple of weeks, in a couple of months, we might revisit that. And hopefully, there'll be players in this current United team, which will make us have some even tougher decisions in the years to come. But we will be back again at some point. I'm not sure when. Uh, like I said, we've got the Manchester is Red Facebook group. So if you've got any questions or you want to contribute your best ever Premier League eleven, please do leave it on there. Likewise, you can always tweet Dom and I as well on Twitter. That's at Dom Booth. Is it just at Dom Booth? At Dom Booth nineteen. At Dom Booth nineteen or at Rich Fay or at Man United M E N. And we'll be sure to get back to you. We would love to hear your opinions. Please keep them kind. We've tried our best. Uh, Dom, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us this week been a pleasure thank you very much and thank you again for listening please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already and we'll be back again next time